Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. You're listening to Our Community, Our Mission, on the last month of this year, 2021. Can you believe it? December. I know. First. It went really, really fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it just, went really, really fast. Yeah. You'd think that with all the problems that the world has experienced, that things would go in slow motion, but yeah. they've just gone in fast forward. Well, it does feel like COVID has been here forever. Well, that's true. That's true. So yeah. maybe that's it. Part probably of it. has. We just found it. it just <laughs> found us. We just found it. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, it found us. Well, so, anyway, we're talking to Marion Crable. Hi, Marion. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, so, Director of Supportive Services here. And yeah, this is December already. And we just yeah. had Thanksgiving last week we and uh, just saw a lot of blessings with that. Oh, my or, goodness. We had 26 volunteers that helped us on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And hundreds of people served. Yeah. 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 It was just, uh, just uh, you know, it, it, it's what we do every day. Yeah. But it's just so neat when people come out on on their uh, on a holiday on their holiday, right? Yeah. To give mm-hmm. back to people that they know are alone and struggling, mm-hmm. and that's that is just it's so heartwarming. It's so heartwarming. There's one particular individual um, who was there on Thanksgiving Day, and also he volunteers at MAP, and uh, he's uh-huh. just everywhere. And uh, Isn't that great, yeah, just just great great people yeah. that help us do what we do. Absolutely. So, Mary, there's another big event coming up, which yeah. is like the whole month of yeah. December. And, <laughs> that's really uh, true. It's, uh, People recognize it on the 25th of December, Yes, but it is really a whole month. And so tell us about what the plans for Topeka Rescue Mission are in relation to Christmas this so year. Christmas, Christmas will be not exactly like it has in the past yet. I'm still kind of paying attention to COVID and distancing and all of that. Uh, but we have adopted over 200 families from the uh, United Way's Christmas Bureau. Mm-hmm. So we'll be providing gifts for all of those folks, providing gifts for all of our guests as well. We'll be serving a big meal on Christmas Day. Um, and so we still have lots of needs. We have new gift needs that for uh, babies and toddlers. Uh, we still need volunteers, both when we're handing out the gifts uh, to the community where they'll just drive up to our distribution center and then get the gifts that they uh, requested mm-hmm. through the Christmas Bureau. Um, so we need help doing that and pulling those gifts together. So lots of opportunity to still help uh, TRM over the Christmas holiday. If they want to volunteer, they can call Kaylee mm-hmm. at 785-730-8856. And we'll put that number also below as well. Also, to the Topeka Rescue Commission website to see yes. what some of those latest needs are and uh, yes. phone numbers and addresses and all that to Absolutely. be able to help out. Absolutely. Know, it's a big deal. But, you know, the, the shelters are decorated. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Christmas. Santa is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, he's last, a very last, busy day, but he's making time for us. Last Christmas was probably one of the bleakest Christmases we've ever yeah. known um, yeah. in our lifetimes. Uh, we also lost a very amazing person uh, yeah. who was our food service director, Mike Schinkel, who was our resident Santa Claus yes. uh, to COVID. It was a downer Christmas, but at the same time, you couldn't stop and just be down. You had to keep pressing on for the people who were here. And so much has happened in this last year. Um, matter of fact, uh, Mike's uh, funeral service was a year ago today. It was. And um, it, uh, it just so much has happened in that amount of time. But the team and the volunteers uh, keep pressing on and the needs don't stop. And they've actually increased. And so many things yeah. have happened. We've talked about Operation Food Secure and everything that happened there. And uh, we've really been focusing a lot on the unsheltered homeless. Right. And uh, for, for a lot of good reasons. Sure. 
There is definitely a need there, and some great things have really started to happen mm-hmm. um, in this year of uh, 2021. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at the dates here. What year are we in? <laughs> barely. And, uh, we're still just barely, barely in 2021. There. You know, and one of those um, is uh, Topeka Rescue Mission has expanded its homeless outreach um, uh, services with additional team members and additional equipment and so forth. And then this uh, uh, partnership called Mobile Access Partnership has birthed up out of that. So this morning, we're going to focus on that uh, some more. And we have Jenny Falk here, who formerly was the uh, administrative uh, assistant here at Topeka Rescue Mission, which uh, she was helping me and coordinating the uh, human trafficking uh, uh, combating that we were doing there for a long time. And then we stepped into Operation Food Secure, and she was the kind of behind-the-scenes strategic mobilizer of groups and and uh, 4 million pounds of food that went out to 10 <laughs> counties and served 110,000 unique people and on and on and on. But Jenny had a, uh, a real uh, leaning towards being outdoors and being with the unsheltered. So Jenny uh, is director of our homeless outreach now. And so good morning, Jenny. Good morning. And so uh, tell us about what, uh, you know, I mean, you've done a number of things here at the Rescue Mission, including working in our thrift store yes. uh, when you first started here. But so what has drawn you, um, you you've, you've worked it, it, uh, very diligently in the human trafficking arena. You've uh, coordinated with uh, state legislators, governor's offices, national figures um, around this uh, area. You moved into helping feed um, over 3 million meals with 4 million pounds of food and working with uh, 500 volunteers, uh, you and the team did. Why the unsheltered homeless? What drew you this direction? Um, so when I came to know the Lord way back when my kids were young, um, I don't know, the Lord just really put this community on my heart then, even early on in my walk. Um, and I wanted to my, my kids to understand the importance of serving. And so Topeka Rescue Mission is where you go, you know, and it, it, that's where it started. It truly is the Lord um, just putting that on my heart and being obedient to that. So you felt like the Lord was leading you in this direction. That's what yes. I'm hearing. You know, it's it's one thing to um, contact, uh, you know, like I say, uh, legislative offices and talk with those people over there and have those, you know, connections. And everybody knew Jenny, you know. Everybody said, man, you know, give us Jenny. We need Jenny to help us do what we do. And and um, be at that level. And now face-to-face, right on the streets with the complete opposite of the spectrum yeah. from people who work in ivory tower, so to speak, and people who live under a bridge. Yeah. Uh, Freedom Now, I was really out of my element there. I mean, I did it because I knew that was what my task for that time. Um, But where I am now, I just, I don't want people to hear this the wrong way, but they are my people. I just, that, I just know that that is where I belong. So, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I tell you, I've been crying uh, more this month. I, Sorry, I don't want to take away, no, uh, please, but please the there. Lord is just really doing, um, he has just built an amazing team, this homeless outreach team, and I was just thinking today, today is a month anniversary from when Holton came on, um, and it just feels like we're, we're united in the spirit, and we're all, you know, we each play our part, and uh, the Lord is just doing amazing things, and we're excited to, you know, keep at it. Talk about your team. 
um, Haley. She's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. We we spend Monday, Wednesday, and morning Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning just a time of devotional and prayer, uh, just to start the day out right. And um, today I was just reflecting on Haley. She is just so full of joy, mm-hmm. the joy of the Lord. I mean, you cannot be, uh, you know have lack of joy when you're in Haley's presence. <laughs> and then Holton, he he has been a good example for me to remember to walk with God throughout the day. Because one of my biggest prayers is, Lord, help me not to be so caught up in life that I miss you in it. But I do that regularly. And Holton coming on, and he, throughout the day, will remind us, let's just stop and pray. Let's just stop and pray right now. Let's just stop and pray. Pray, and so they both are just a blessing to me. And I'm, I, like I said, I've cried more this month just in thankfulness to the Lord's mm-hmm. goodness in mm-hmm. building this team and what He's doing. I had a chance uh, this week to go out with the team, uh, those two, on a little hike, which was about five miles. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's not all flat ground either. You know. <laughs> And so they mentioned what, they had to take some breaks. What a well, they had to. I didn't. Uh, but I said, let's keep going, everybody. Uh, but uh, you know, I didn't show it on my face till I got home. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, going out to um, engage with some very unknown situations. You're going around bends. You're going in through brushes. You're going down in ravines. You're you're going everywhere where you think there might be homeless because there's signs. And sometimes you find nobody home and nobody there, and sometimes you do. But that could be really intimidating to a lot of people. And these two just having a great time. I mean, they are just, when they when they walk into a homeless camp, it's like within 10 seconds, everybody's best friends. Uh-huh. I mean, it is just exciting, you know. And they're loving it, and people are loving them, and they're looking for ways that they can reach out and go beyond just, you know, just saying hi. And seeing what yeah. can be done. Yeah. So one of the things that Jenny, that uh, you uh, have not only taken over is the uh, homeless uh, outreach of Topeka Rescue Mission, but also part of that is something called MAP, Mobile Access Partnership. Again, mm-hmm. for people that kind of hear it, maybe have never heard of it, it is a partnership between Vallejo, uh, Topeka Police Department, Shawnee County Health Department, Stormont Vale, and some others for us to bring services to the homeless. Um, and so we have our own part of MAP, which is with Topeka Rescue Mission, which is a, uh, a supply trailer for um, clothing and sleeping bags and toothbrushes and the whole 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also very soon will have a mobile kitchen yes. um, that will be able to take out hot meals to people. Um, Vallejo has um, had it developed uh, here a number of months ago, a mobile shower unit, and we had laundry services with that. And a whole bunch of volunteers. And then pretty soon Stormont's going to have their mobile medical clinic that's yeah. going to be out there. So I say all that to say uh, we needed a coordinator for that, uh, for the partnership. And, uh, Jenny, you were asked to do that as well. So you've got tied to make rescue mission <laughs> responsibilities and working with all these agencies. Just briefly talk about that, and then we want to introduce our guest today. Uh, yeah, I just – I'm blessed to have the opportunity. I, I – kind of nerdy I, I like coordinating those kind of things i guess and just homeless outreach nerd uh, yeah. New title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but really it's just a blessing to be able to take time and just pause and realize what god is doing with mm-hmm. with all of this 
Um, you know, we talked before we started the show about some of the things that have been happening through specifically our partnership with Vallejo. Um, and I, this, those, those things wouldn't happen without that partnership. Talk about how cool Vallejo is in this. They are. I requested early on that they have um, presence at the map site regularly <laughs> because I knew what a value they, they are just a value of resources. They, there's a lot of a knowledge and experience that I know I don't have. Um, and so they just bring a lot to the table and, and the, it's a great partnership. Well, speaking of Vallejo, we have a really cool person with us today that, that I have been able to observe from a distance, and uh, I'll, I'll share that story today. But uh, uh, Tim Gaston, um, you are the uh, team leader for the homeless services at Topeka, uh, excuse me, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Wishful thinking. <laughs> Vallejo, that, we're, we're so connected here. It's uh, right. yeah, intertwined. Intertwined at Vallejo, and so welcome. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Um I have really appreciated the work that we've done and the collaboration that we've done with the rescue mission. Um, I've been doing it for four and a half years Mm -hmm. um, from my first role at Vallejo into where I'm at now. And it's been great. Kim, talk about what it means to be the team leader of this homeless services. Yeah. So as the team leader of homeless services at Vallejo, I cover the PATH team, which is a grant program. Um, as well as uh, our SOAR team and our benefit specialist team. SOAR is a program um, that helps individuals that are homeless or at risk of homelessness to obtain expedited benefits through Social Security and Medicaid. Um, Benefit specialists do a little bit smaller scale work of that, and um, it's not really an expedited process, and they don't have to be homeless to work with a benefit specialist. So anybody who comes to Vallejo that doesn't have benefits can be helped by my team if they meet the right, you know, criterias. Um, And so those are the teams that I work, and then all of us work the MAP Mm -hmm. unit together with Jenny and her team, and it's fantastic. Vallejo um, does a lot. Um, yeah. Its main focuses are <clears throat> mental health services um, for those who are mentally ill and addiction. Would would that be a, a fair assumption? Yes, we have our um, VRC, uh, the recovery center, and um, that is the substance abuse treatment detox. And then we have our mental health services, which is anything from intake department to meds, therapy, crisis, um, transitional um, housing. We have um, case management services. We have a one care program with the MCOs, if you qualify for just so many things. Yeah, so many things that we couldn't do. Um, And I think that uh, the Topeka Rescue Mission Vallejo relationship is probably one of the best examples of collaboration. Mm -hmm. That, that there is. Um, I know that our relationship with Vallejo started uh, over 30 years ago, and it has moved and shaped and reformed and gotten better and better and better. And then you take it out to this mobile access partnership collaboration, and it's even better than it ever has been. Kim, what uh, you were selected in your position to um, direct this homeless services, this kind of what Jenny's doing here, you're doing with Vallejo. Personally for you, What's that mean to you? Um, you know, I this has been something that I have always wanted to help others. That's just always been my thing. You know, when I was a child and 
in a teenager and going through confirmation as a Catholic, um, I, I pick St. Gabriel because he was he wanted to know everything and to help people. <laughs> so my parents were like, you're just a gossiper. I'm like, no. Just curious. <laughs> like, I, I want to be in the know because I want to be able to use that information to help others and push it back out. And, and so and you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I um, have always kind of wanted to work in this line of work. When I first went to college, I thought I was going to be a nurse. And then after I started nursing school, I was like, no, I don't want to do this because they don't get the one-on-one time with the patient to do the work that I really wanted to do, which was investing in them and helping them, you know, um, make leaps and bounds to where they want to be. And so I really shifted gears and thought social work is where I want to be. And so I went on and I started working um, and I've gone everywhere from helping individuals with special education stuff and doing that line of work to then working in the foster care system for seven and a half years um, with case management and doing, you know, reintegration and adoption work. And then I have moved on to now working at Vallejo and kind of leading all these different roles and juggling. And I absolutely, this is where I belong. Mm. This is where I'm meant to be. It's really, it's really a unique special assignment. Yeah. We call it a calling to be um, called to be on the streets with those who are very misunderstood, um, oftentimes misunderstood everybody else around them, sure. uh, and intentions are very broken, very vulnerable, very yes. fragile, and try to find out the best ways to try to reach them. And, uh, and, and, and that most people wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> <You Right. know? laughs> it takes a special person. <laughs> well, you know, the, the story came that it was this summer and we were uh, over in North Topeka at the family of God church. And it was one of those days where there was just a lot of people in line waiting to get a shower and, uh, not all the unsheltered get along with each other. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's addiction, mental illness, turf wars, gang, you name it. So it, sort of like the rest of the yeah. world. Sort of like the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neighborhood issues. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I just happened to pull up and there was, I think about 25 or 30 people there. We also had street dog coalition with us that day. I mean, it was a packed place going on. And, uh, as soon as I stepped out of the car, uh, there was a blow up. There was uh, about two or three people, and I knew a couple of them, and they were at each other, and they were yelling, and they were swearing, and and of course I'm, you know, I'm great timing, Barry. You know, you're the, <laughs> you're the biggest ugliest guy that's going to have to go in and step and put people down on the ground, you know, and uh, stop this thing right now. And uh, we had lots of great volunteers, and everything was real peaceful, and but this thing was blowing up. And I saw you kind of step away from a table you're in and get right in the middle of them. And if anybody could see Kim, she's not real tall, you know, and, uh, and, 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 uh, sweet, but man, you took control of that whole thing. You, you put them in their places very, very appropriately, very kindly. Uh, and I think that not only were you able to do that, uh, because of probably who you are, but they knew who you were mm-hmm. and they respected you. Absolutely. Did you, uh, you remember the situation I'm talking about? Oh, (laughs) yes. And so, were you afraid? I, you know, I was not afraid. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I knew I had people there (laughs) to support me. But, you know, if I was in that situation alone, I probably would have handled a lot differently, obviously. But um, I wasn't afraid. I I knew that my um, role there is to help our neighbors um, our homeless neighbors to 
you know, get acclimated to a societal, you know, role of what this looks like. And that's not hiding so-and-so's bike behind a dumpster, which is what happened. (laughs) And she thought it was stolen. But, (laughs) um, and and I just kind of stepped in and I said, that's enough. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this. What happened? And and then they both, you know, were, I don't know, somebody stole my bike. And, and, and long story short, finally the bike came up and everything ended up okay. And he just needed to be told, you don't touch other people's things. You know, we don't, we don't do that. And, and working with them to help them understand what that, what that does to each other. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't how you want to treat your neighbor. This mm-hmm. isn't what you want to do to somebody that you guys are out here alone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have to make the most of this for each other or you're going to have a lot harder time because mm-hmm. there's only so many people like us at this mm-hmm. table that that will go out there to help them and do those things. So right. they, they need to band together. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. unfortunately, a lot of times because of all the different challenges that they're facing in their own personal lives, they don't get along real well. Right. And there is... Um, Frequent um, fighting, um, theft, um, including physical injury um, to each other and and have a moment like that to help them to understand that we're not only here to help you with a shower, we're here to help you to learn how to live life. Yeah. And and giving them some examples. I remember also that you were were on your way to another appointment um, and you didn't have much time, but you took time. Uh-huh. To be able to instead instead of saying, "Hey Jenny, we'll see you later. Right. Good luck," <laughs> and Jenny saying, "Barry, yeah, take right. care of this right yeah. now." <laughs> no, well, you took time. The new the new thing is, I've told Jenny, I was like, "I don't think I can come anymore because every time I saw, <laughs> she's like, "Thank goodness you come when you do," and I'm like, "But maybe it's me coming that makes this happen." Right. So, right. There's just been some things, you know, not not big things. Yeah. I yeah. think that was probably the biggest. Um, but just some things that come up every once in a while, you know, and they just, like we said, they don't always get along. And so, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I noticed early on with the MAP uh, part of this is it's one thing for us to go to a homeless camp. But if we know who's there, um, we can kind of understand that there's a Susie or a John or, you know, whoever's in there. And we may know them by name. But when you're at MAP, and again, mobile access partnership, taking showers and food and all these things to a different site, and they come to you, you don't know always who's going to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet... I noticed early on that you all knew their names and when they would come to get a razor or get a, a meal or get in line to get a shower, you would know them by name. Mm-hmm. You know how powerful that is? It, well, and that's something that I've always tried to invest in my team and into my people. If you don't know their name, walk up and ask their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they give you just their first name, that's good enough because you don't want to push that envelope too far. Right. But but make sure you know their name. And if you don't, ask somebody who might. Because letting them know that, that you call them by name makes them feel important. Yeah. Makes them feel like you really are there for the right purpose and you really do want to help. Mm-hmm. Helps them feel seen, right? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, digress here for a moment, but a, a great young man who worked at the rescue mission, uh, went to the Philippines to be a missionary. And uh, he was in one of the, the second largest city in the Philippines. And he said that he walked outside of his uh, church uh, area uh, one day and there was a homeless, uh, unclothed man in the middle of the street who was sitting on the ground, um, totally filthy, picking up rocks, trying to stack them on each other. And cars were just driving around him. 
Nobody seemed to notice him. Um, he um, was um, talking to himself. So uh, the guy's name is Sean Marani, and um, he went over to talk to this guy, and he said, hey, you need to get out of the street. The guy was totally oblivious to, oblivious to him, did not um, have any kind of desire to leave right where he was. Again, he's naked, he's dirty, he's in danger. And Sean kept trying to reach him, and he asked him um, what his name was. And the guy was mumbling, mumbling, mumbling. And he says, uh, what is your name? The guy continued to mumble. And Sean said, what do I do with this? The guy's going to get hit by a car. I can't leave him. This is like you were in that situation. I can't leave these people right now. And um, he just had this idea. He says, I'm going to call you John. And he says, your name is John. He said, the guy looked up at him, blinked his eyes a little bit. And he goes, my name's John. And he goes, my name's John. And he began to sob and cry. And he said, my name's John. My name's John. My name's John. And Sean was able to grab a hold of John's hand, lift him up, bring him inside the church building. They had some clothes there. And he said the guy was so struck by somebody found him to have a name that he began to cry profusely. To where Sean said the guy just hugged on him and the guy just soaked his clothes with tears and mucus coming out of his nose and everything, just sobbing and sobbing. And he said it took him about a half hour to get him dressed because he hadn't had clothes on for a long time. And the value of a name, you know, that really touched me. And that's why when I watched you all and somebody comes up and they're dirty and they're broken and, and they're not acting okay or whatever, and a lot of people would like to drive around them rather than see them, you say, hi, John. Hey, Bill. Hey, Susie. Yeah. Hey, Lucy. We had a volunteer yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so a lot of our MAP volunteers are regular, and so they, too, know a lot of our homeless neighbors' names. But this uh, volunteer specifically hasn't been able to volunteer as frequently. But she knew how important it was to be able to engage with them and just care for them. And so she had called one of the uh, homeless neighbors, honey or sweetie or something like that. And she said, I hope that's okay that I called her. She says, I don't know her name. And I said, it's okay to ask her your name or mm-hmm. ask her her name. You know, that, that means something to her that you are interested in knowing who she is. Yeah. And yeah. investment. It, yeah. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we all, uh, we either love to hear our name called or hate to hear our name called. Right. Who's calling her name? <laughs> and on which day. <laughs> and how often it's yeah. being called. That's right. <laughs> if you want to get my attention, call me Jennifer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which I never have done that. Yes, thank so, you. Um, but, you know, uh, a lot of our folks who are in the situations that they're in and so disenfranchised from community, um, they don't feel like they're valuable. And then when they come up and they use, talk to whom by their name, it's, it's a game changer. It really is. Well, what is, is this making a difference? Absolutely. Huge. Talk about it. Um, I, f- I really feel like um, the engagement that we are getting from our homeless neighbors that we've been working with for years. I mean, like I said, when I started at Vallejo four and a half years ago, um, as a SOAR case manager, I did outreach with, with the team pretty regularly. And some of those same individuals are the people that mm-hmm. we're serving now at MAP. And the engagement that we have now compared to then is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they want to come. Mm-hmm. They want to engage with us. They tell us stories. They want us to know their trials and tribulations. They want us to help. 
Um, whereas before, sometimes they were kind of standoffish and, and afraid to make that commitment to allow us to help because they'd been burned so many mm-hmm. times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they know we're not going to burn them. Mm-hmm. In fact, Jenny and I were just talking about Thanksgiving week. We didn't deploy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said that this week people were asking, why didn't we have showers last week? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Why, you know, why, why didn't we do this? And, and so it's becoming something where they're really invested and they rely on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. That is their regimen. That's mm-hmm. where they're going to be. Um, it's like all of us, you know, yeah, you know right. if yeah. my water gets turned off right, <laughs> or my plumbing breaks, Hey, right. wait a minute, this is not okay. Yeah. Right. These folks haven't been showering for months sometimes yeah. and now they're starting to see the value. Yes. Yes, yeah. and they just—it's—it's it's incredible to see some of them afterwards because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my goodness, you look so great. I mean, they just and they just their smile, they feel better. They feel better. Mm-hmm. Their smile is different. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, I sure. mean, it's just like a weight has been lifted. We have some of them now that come in early mm-hmm. in the morning and start helping us set up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, That's it's incredible. Beautiful. It's just yeah, That's That's so engagement. beautiful. Yeah. 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 So it's about engagement. It's about relationship building. Uh, yes, obviously the basics, the food, the the the, the clothes, the, the showers, uh, the shelter piece of it isn't quite all figured out. You know, mission's full most of the time. Some of these people don't fit well in congregate shelter, uh, but it still is an option for some. Um, so there's a building up of a momentum here of reaching people who are some of our most disenfranchised in the community. What's a story or two that really stands out in your mind? Well, I wanted to share the story about one of the individuals that one of uh, Kim's team member has been working with for a while um, and started bringing them to the MAP site for shower, um, which then allowed our team that engagement with this individuals to the point that now we have that really our team members have that relationship with this person. And, you know, I think they're communicating pretty pretty regularly either via text or phone call or that kind of thing um just and you know he 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 expressed that he's ready to move forward in a different way Mm -hmm. and once again i don't know that we would have had that you know engagement with that this individual had it not been for our partnership with vallejo and the map well and And because of the partnership, it brings about two different dynamics. I mean, we're able to help with the mental health and Mm -hmm. the, you know, those things, the treatment piece. But you guys are able to help with so much more than what we can with, you know, the relationship building and the the building of the relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and all of those things and and so that's huge for some of these people because without that dual relationship that we mm-hmm. that we're providing they might feel like something's still missing for them and i think this individual has really benefited from that and that mm-hmm. dual relationship has really provided that extra piece that he was really missing maybe mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we just we really see that again coming together. We can't do it all. You can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's other pieces that we're not doing just between our two agencies, but uh, the med- the medical health coming along, mm-hmm. uh, the city ID program, which is huge, um, to help people get identification. Uh, if you ever lose that, you're in yeah. trouble, <laughs> <laughs> and right. uh, you just really can't go where uh, places and do things very well. So we've got a lot of great things going. We've got a great partnership going. We're seeing the things begin to move in the right direction here. Um, what, what do we still need to do yet? 
radio silence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let work. you take the lead, Captain. <laughs> well, our team has just constantly been talking about daily. We see opportunities where, like you mentioned, Barry, some of our homeless neighbors just for various reasons cannot operate or function within a congregate setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's either that or nothing, basically, right now, unless they're able to get transitional housing through Vallejo or through our Arabidary housing program. There's a ga- there's still a, that gap there. And let, me, let me pause yeah. there real quick because uh, it's important where you're going. Yeah. But why would they not function well in a congregate shelter sit- situation? Why, 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 doesn't they, why don't they just come to the mission? So a lot of times their barriers that they're facing is um, some of their uh, mental illness, um, some of it is trauma, some of it is um, their inability to function with other people appropriately because of mental illness or trauma. Um, and and there's other factors as well, but I think those are probably the main ones. And so th- it's you know, people are like, well, why don't they just go work or go find a place to live or they have income? Why don't they have a house? Because they can't live in that setting. They isolate for a reason. And so um, that kind of takes us back to being at the MAP unit. And when they're all together, Mm -hmm. that can be difficult for Mm -hmm. some of them. But they all they all are starting to learn how to kind of function in that way a little bit. And so I think that's another dynamic of why this is so good because it's bringing about some of that community for Mm -hmm. them, even if they're going back to their tent and isolating or back to where they're staying and isolating, they're getting some of that community while they're there, that sense of, you know, reintegrating themselves back into that slowly. And so I think that's important. Um, I think, that's where I think most of it comes from, though. Yeah, I just wanted to pause there because I know that some people are going to be listening to this. Well, why don't you just come to the rescue mission? I mean, it's been yeah. there, you know. I mean, they're just pride or whatever the case might be. No, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Um, right. Yes, there is a space issue. It's it's yeah. reality. COVID has really put a dent in our ability to shelter as many people as we used to and will be for the foreseeable future due to health and legalities and all those kind of things. But it's not just that. It is that there is a level of brokenness that unless you've seen it, unless you've kind of gotten into it, unless you've experienced it, you just don't know it. But you all know it. You see it. You work with people who are so fragile that the congregate shelter situation doesn't fit for them well. Mm -hmm. So it is outdoors or something similar to that. So Jenny, sorry to interrupt you, but I just, you know, why? Okay. We just kind of identified a little bit of the why. And I think for those of you who are listening, um, if it still doesn't compute with you, be open-minded about Mm -hmm. this because there are people who are really, really suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, uh, and this is a unique and different way we're trying to reach them and engage with them. So thank you, Kim, for defining that. So Jenny, fill in the blanks. What, what, what next, what do we need to do more? Well, I think what's been talked about, you know, here recently is the the idea of a pallet community, small t- or you know, tiny home village, whatever. Mm-hmm. I really, like I said, our team daily sees how many of our homeless neighbors could benefit from that, and then be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, as it is, um, you know, they're either getting uh, kicked out of a location that they're at, or you know, or like you said, their stuff's stolen or turf wars. They're burning each other's stuff up. Uh, I, th- I think that a lot of that could be avoided um, through 
through something like Palette. Another option, and again, for people who are not familiar with Palette, it's uh, basically a very transitional, temporary, individual unit that people could be in, kind of like a tent, but it's got air conditioning, and it's got heat, and it's got uh, safety, and there's a sense of community and those kind of things. And they lock. And they lock, yeah, Yeah. lock doors, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and they can bring their dog, you know. And they're safe in the elements. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. And their security and those kind of things. And so we have pitched that out to uh, our leaders in our city. Hasn't gone where we would hope that it would go at this point. Um, and, uh, but it's not necessarily not going to happen. It's just it hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, if you look back uh, many years ago, we didn't have any of this going on. And we gradually have built and built and built to learn and adapt and improve to reach um, our neighbors. And, and, you know, we all get it. Um, it's not okay for people to go out and camp in areas where they trash everything. Right. And it's not okay that people don't have uh, a place to go to the bathroom and just go wherever they need to go. It's not okay to be on someone's private property and do that or even public property. And there could be dangers. That is a huge community concern. But what do we do? We can't ignore it. Not anymore. (laughs) Uh, Can't drive around it. Um, We need to engage with it. And that's what has been happening here. So we don't have the pallet or tiny home village uh, system set up. But Miriam, I want to finish with you today about what we are doing at Topeka Rescue Mission in regards to housing and maybe a story that that will exemplify that in the meantime until we get something that's more developed. But uh, Ginny and Kim, uh, anything else you'd like for people to know about today in regards to homeless um, outreach in our community? Then I think it's important for people to understand and know that, you know, we are going out there daily, weekly um, to engage with them in their in their in their communities as well as coming to MAP. Mm-hmm. And, and with the weather getting colder and things changing and, you know, everything there's a large need of you know winterization items for them and so i you know that's something that jenny and i have been working on trying to find ways to maximize our supply of those things as best as we can and so i think um if you see somebody or if you feel the need to give that would be great yeah we do have a hotline number that people can call uh, that's on our website for um, homeless outreach that uh, Jenny and her team handle and uh, maybe not answer the phone right away, but be able to get back to people if they've got a tip or have a question. And that's for the homeless as well, um, so that they can contact us as well. Well, both of you uh, are greatly admired um, by many, many people and um, uh, homeless for sure. And many people in the community that are thankful that you are out there doing what you do. Uh, Kim, thank you for uh, representing Vallejo today. And, Absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad that I was able to do Great, great partners. Um, some people around the country that uh, work with homeless are just kind of looking at Topeka Rescue Mission and this relationship and going, how do you guys do that? Mm-hmm. They're very impressed with the relationship you know, that an agency can have with another agency, or in this case, a ministry could have with a social service. And um, I think it just ta- it speaks very loudly to the character mm-hmm. of the people who are in the position that you're in, and Bill Persinger and Matt Baldwin and so many others that um, you guys just want to get the job done and do it well together. And so thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. We 
Mm-hmm. We love working with the mission. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are great. Love working with you too. Jenny, thank you for what you've taken on. And uh, it's exciting. Um, yes. We just, uh, we lift you up in prayer all the time. Uh, you got a big job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. much needed. So we talked about um, the why. We yeah. talked about the what. Uh, we talked about still what needs to be done. And Miriam, one of the things that uh, we uh, were able to do in 2021 was to um, learn how to get people into housing quicker. Right. And this doesn't fit everybody, Correct. but um, we created a rapid rehousing program. Yes. Um, and basically it's running out of money uh, <laughs> quickly. <is. laughs> and so, but what's happened in this one year with the goal that was set for the uh, homeless folks to get them into housing and to help them to stabilize there, what was the goal and what we've done so far in the first 11 months? So our goal um, in the beginning was that we would be able to house 80 households, mm-hmm. right? That we would work really hard and be able to do that. Um, and to it's date, kind of unheard of in this community. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely is. Especially when you consider what rapid rehousing is. You know, so many times we think, well, if people just got into housing, they'd be great, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But that's really not the case. They need to be wrapped around. Um, you know, they can't lose that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so this rapid rehousing team that we have here at, at TRM stays with people for 12 months plus, mm-hmm. you know, trying to help them acclimate to being in housing. So our goal was 80. We're at 75 with about 30 in the pipeline. We've mm-hmm. housed 111 individuals, mm-hmm. right? Because not every household is just one person. Mm-hmm. There's moms and kids. There's, you know, there's couples, there's individuals, all these kinds of things. And it's been incredibly successful. We've only had one person uh, not maintain their housing. And that's because they made the choice to go into treatment. Which was probably a good thing for Which them. was yeah. a really mm-hmm. good yeah. thing. It, mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't a negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because we knew that they were then moving forward in a different kind of way. Our team helps them navigate food and navigate resources, partners with Vallejo, you know, to make sure they do home visits all the time with folks just to make sure that they're doing okay. They go and hang curtains. You know, they really mm-hmm. try to do whatever it takes to make this housing a real home for people. Mm-hmm. Um, our distribution center provides the things that go into that apartment, you know, a bed or a mattress, dishes, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that so many of us really take for granted. Um, and there are just incredible stories. I, if you don't mind, I'll share one. Please. Her name is Ronnie. And uh, she was incarcerated on drug charges for about five years here in Topeka at the Women's Correctional Facility. Um, the correctional facility reached out to us because she was getting out and she had nothing. Um, finding housing for her was difficult because she had felony charges. Mm-hmm. During the time she was incarcerated, she lost her children. Her ch- so her children were, were living in Texas. But Ronnie came out with a real desire to be successful Mm -hmm. and not go back to a lifestyle that she had been in before. So our team really worked with, with Ronnie. Um, uh, she was motivated. She got a job very quickly upon release. Um, so while she was staying with us, she was working, she was saving money. We worked with many landlords because, you know, landlords, not and this is not to be critical of them, but they look very closely at the folks that they're going to have renting their property because they need to protect their properties. They need to make sure their other tenants are safe too. So when you have somebody with a felony, it can be very difficult for them to find housing. But our team has some really great relationships with landlords, and they worked with them um, to let them know that Ronnie 
was doing really well. Ronnie had to write a letter. We had to write a letter um, to this landlord that finally said, okay, we think we're going to take a chance on her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she got into housing. She also, through Voc Rehab, um, is going to school. She has a job. And maybe the best news of all is she got her kids back, mm-hmm. right? So this all happened in June, and it took, it took some time, but she got her kids back. But it didn't end there. So our team is continuing to visit with her. And her, her, one of her children who had come up here was really struggling in school. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was difficult. It was big. It was a new environment, lots of behavior issues. So our team really worked with them to talk about an alternative school. Mm-hmm. That child is now in an alternative situation, thriving. Mm-hmm. This family is being so successful. And it's wonderful. You know, when you when you get to hear those stories, yeah. you know what it means. And it's not just about the house. It's not just about providing showers. Mm-hmm. It's about developing these relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? We are just a bunch of criers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. It's powerful. Yeah. God powerful is good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about re- the relationships. Mm-hmm. And we need the support going forward so that we can continue to do this, that we can continue to help people find housing, to be an advocate for them, to be a voice, to walk alongside them so that they can be successful the way we all think is just normal life. Because right. for them, right. it's not. Right. You know, it, it, Ronnie's one of, of um, over um, 75 different uh, household stories that um, has happened in this year. And so we're going to be hitting it hard to try to get additional revenue to be able yes. to continue this program on while, Jenny, we're waiting to see if we can get a pallet or a tiny home community going as well. But, you know, I think of Ronnie and, and the success with her um, and others, if the mission wasn't on the other end of that release, this very well could have been a uh, Kim and Jenny uh-huh. a person that you'd be reaching out, right. outdoors, broken, didn't have their kids back, very discouraged, very depressed, and given up. Yeah. And uh, and so we're, we're, we're bookending this thing of trying to be at one level or another level to help people to understand how valuable they really are and just in Ronnie's situation to be able to give her that opportunity for her to be able to show how valuable she is right. for herself and her kids and to a community and to us. And we just want to give more people that opportunity right. to be able to be successful. Yeah. And walk life. alongside them, right? And yeah. that's what we're asking from the community is walk alongside us yes. while we walk alongside those who really really are struggling and need us. You know, whether people can help us through volunteering, whether they can give financially, whether they can give us things that then go Mm -hmm. into these apartments or things like hygiene products that help at the map sites. I mean, there's just so many ways that people can come along on this journey and get to know people in a really different way so that we're not thinking about the folks that live on the street as something that is a bad thing for a community, but rather just a challenge that we need to address and that it will take all of us, absolutely all of us, to be able to bring about different results, different success for each of these people. According to those who know how to count the numbers, there have been, in my time at the mission, over 60,000 people who have stayed here. That's a lot of folks, and I've never been more excited than I am now about what we're doing. Um, This has not gotten... 
to a place where it's just status quo. Right. It is not just shelter, food, and clothes. This is about what we're doing to change the game, okay. to break the cycle, to give people that understanding and that hope for an opportunity in life. And so Kim Gaston uh, with Vallejo, Jenny Falk, uh, our uh, uh, leader of our homeless outreach, and MAP, uh, Marion Crable, thank you for what you all do and the teams that work with you to be able to be out there. And, and thank you who are listening today uh, to our community, our mission for being uh, there for us and with us as you support us through volunteering, through financial giving, through prayer, uh, to help us to continue to move forward in being there and standing in the gap. If you'd like more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to trmonline.org, trmonline.org. If you'd like to give, uh, you can press the Give Now button there. If you would like to find out more about Christmas and what's going on in this uh, incredible month of December, please do that. Also, we'll have a link to Vallejo so that you can see more information about Kim's great organization and this partnership that we have with Vallejo. Thank you for listening to our community, our mission.